Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the apostasy of Israel as we pick up in Judges chapter 6, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So again, the rest for 40 days. But then in chapter 6, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel, made themselves dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till they are come to Gaza. They left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. And they came up with their cattle and their tents and as multitude they were like grasshoppers For both they and their camels were without number. They entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel which said to them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt. I brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of all that oppressed you. I drove them out from before you. I gave you their land. I said unto you, I am Jehovah your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. So the situation of this particular apostasy, turning their hearts away from God, God brought now the Midianites against them. Tremendous number of people, along with the Amalekites, and Gaza is about the southernmost point uh, along the Mediterranean. So by the time they got to Gaza, they had gone through the entire land, coming from the east, clear on over to the coast, south to Gaza, whenever the people would plant their crops. At harvest time, here would come all these people in and just rip them off. They would, uh, you know, you got all your wheat harvested, then they'd just come in and just rip them off from all their wheat and barley and, and all of their harvest. And then next year, back again, harvest time. And so they took away all the sustenance of these people and a tremendous multitude of them. The people finally cried unto the Lord and the Lord answered with a prophet who told them the reason for their dilemma was the fact that they had forsaken God who had given them deliverance out of Egypt and had brought them into the land. So there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak tree, which is at Ophrah, that pertained to Joash, the Abirite, and the son, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So here was Gideon hiding from the Midianites as he was threshing the wheat. Because if the Midianites would catch him, they'd take the wheat. And so he was up by the winepress, threshing wheat, and here was an angel sitting under an oak tree. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, The Lord is with you, you very brave man. 
Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this calamity befallen us? Where are all of the miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said, Oh, my Lord, how shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Now, God oftentimes has trouble getting people to respond to his call. God calls us. That's the beginning of it. As soon as I respond to the call of God, then God lays out what he wants me to do. And then I resign. <laughs> Lord, I can't do that. How in the world can I do that, Lord? God called Moses and said, go in and stand before Pharaoh. Tell him, let my people go. Lord, how can I go before Pharaoh? I'm not eloquent in speech. The Lord said to Jeremiah, I have called thee to stand before kings. Lord, how can I stand before kings? I'm young. No one's going to listen to me. God said to Gideon, go in this thy might and deliver Israel out of the hand of men. Lord, how can I deliver? I'm, my family's nothing. I'm the least in my father's household. You got the wrong man. Better check your address papers. Not me. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. There's the key of any successful service for God. I will be with thee. Now, it's an interesting thing that many times we endeavor to do a work for God not directed by God. And this is why we so often get just overwhelmed when God tells us what he wants us to do because we've already tried to do so many things on our own hook and utterly failed. So the Lord comes along and tells us to do just the thing we've been trying to do and fail. We say, Lord, I can't do that. I've tried to do that. But God gave to Gideon the key of success. I will be with thee. That's the key of success. The Lord working with us, learning to work together with the Lord. The disciples had been fishing all night and had caught nothing. And in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore and he said, children, do you have any meat? And they said, no. And he said, cast your nets on the other side. And when they did, immediately, the nets were full of fish. They began to draw them in until the boats began to sink for the multitude of fish. See, there's a difference between just serving and serving at the direction of the Lord. When the Lord is in it, he can fill the nets. When the Lord is in it, he can make it prosperous. You can do the same thing in the same way. And apart from the Lord, you're going to pull up empty nets all night. But as soon as the Lord joins with you, it makes the difference between the nets being empty and the nets being full. The key and the secret to all successful Christian service is in this verse, I will be with thee. 
to recognize my total need of the Lord being with me. To recognize I can't do it myself. And to depend upon that presence of the Lord with me in all that I endeavor to do for him. How can I deliver the children of Israel from the hand of the Midianites? Lord, my dad is nothing, and I'm the least of my father's household. I will be with thee, the Lord answered. And thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And so Gideon said, look, if I found grace in your sight, then show me a sign that you've talked with me. Uh, he thought, man, I'm dreaming. This is wild. If, if really, if, if you really chose me, then give me some kind of a sign, Lord. I need a sign. Now, Gideon was, it was the kind of guy that was careful, and he wanted to make sure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I think that God respects honest doubt. I think there is a dishonest doubt that no one respects. There are some people who come up with a question and just the way they ask the question, you know they don't want an answer. They just want an argument. They're not ready to listen to the answer when they hear it. There are other people who come up and the question is genuinely sincere. They are searching for an answer. Those kind of questions are worth answering. The other kind I have no time for. God is concerned with honest doubt. If you really are honest in your doubt, God, God respects that, and God will confirm his word to your heart. Lord, are you really speaking to me to do this? And it is wise to make sure it's God speaking. A lot of people have gone off on half-cocked ideas because they had some feeling or some vision or premonition. And they've gotten into all kinds of miserable situations because they really didn't search out to see if it was really God speaking. Now, if you've got some wild task that you feel God is calling you to, make sure God has spoken to you. Don't just go out and put your house up for sale, for sale and, you know, and, and take off with it unless you're really sure that God has spoken to you. Make certain of that. And Gideon wanted to make certain. He, he said, show me a sign that you really have talked to me. He said, wait here, wait here. I want to go fix you something. Will you wait here till I get back? He said, I'll wait here till you get back. So Gideon went into the house, and there he made ready a little goat and some unleavened cakes, a bushel of flour. He put the flesh in a basket and put the broth in a pot, and he brought it to the angel under the oak and presented it to him. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the eleven cakes and lay them on the rock and pour out the broth. And so he did so. And the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up a fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord disappeared out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that it was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, because I've seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, Peace, shalom, 
Fear not, thou shalt not die. So Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord, and he called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah, this altar that Gideon built. Now, it is interesting, he called it Jehovah Shalom. He's about ready to go into one of the biggest battles of his entire life. I mean, he is facing warfare and an enemy and conflict. God has called him to deliver the children of Israel from the oppression of the Midianites. But he calls the altar Jehovah Shalom, God our peace. For he is looking beyond the battle to the peace that God is going to bring. And so by faith, really, the altar is named Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, because he's looking beyond the conflict to the peace that God has promised to his people. It's really very beautiful. And we too can look beyond the conflict to the peace that God has promised. And maybe you're in conflict and turmoil tonight, but he is still to you, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord your peace. And he can give you peace even in the midst of the conflict. Jehovah Shalom. One of the beautiful compound names of Jehovah. And so it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Now take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto Jehovah thy God upon the top of the rock in the ordered place and take the second bullock and offer it as a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Now, Gideon's dad was an idolater. Gideon's dad had his own place of worship, a grove with uh, the altar of uh, Baal or the, an idol of Baal there where they worshiped in a grove. And, and so God says, now take a second bullock, build another altar, cut down the grove that your father has, his place of worship, throw down the altar of Baal, build an altar unto God and offer the second bullock using the wood of this grove as, as the fire and all. And so Gideon took ten men, his servants, and he did as the Lord said unto him, and so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it at daytime, so he did it by night. And when the men of the city rose up early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and a second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said to one another, who did it? And they inquired and asked, and they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, did it. And so the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son that he may die, because he has cast down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will you plead for Baal? Will you save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he is a god, let him please, 
plead for himself because one has cast down his altar. Now, here the men of Israel are actually going to do Gideon in because he threw down a pagan god. Joash, when they said, you know, send your son out, we're going to kill him. He knocked down the altar of Baal. And he said, are you pleading for Baal? For a pagan deity? Truly the men who are pleading for him ought to be the ones that are put to death. If he's a god, let him defend himself. You don't have to defend God. Now, how many times we find ourselves in the awkward position of trying to defend God against the attacks of his enemies, trying to prove the existence of God, trying to defend God. God is able to defend himself perfectly, completely. I don't have to defend God. God is able quite well. So they called, they, they called Gideon from then on Jerobel, which means let Baal plead for himself. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and they went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. He blew a trumpet. And Abiezer was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh, who also gathered after him, and to Asher and Zebulun and Naphtali, and they came to meet him. These are all of them tribes in the northern part of the land. South of Manasseh was Ephraim, Benjamin, Judah, and Simeon. They were not brought into this battle, nor were the tribes on the other side. But these tribes that were around the area of Megiddo. Jezreel is the same valley of Megiddo, is also known as Jezreel. This is where the Midianites had encamped, some 132,000 of them. And Gideon said unto God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have said. Now again, Gideon is still questioning this call of God, wants to make sure to tell you what, I'm going to put a fleece of wool out in the ground tonight, and in the morning, let the ground be dry and the fleece wet. And then I'll know. In the morning when Gideon woke up, he wrung a cup of water out of the fleece and the ground was dry. And he thought, well, maybe that was just a... You know, who knows? Maybe fleece gathers moisture at night when, when the ground doesn't. Lord, let's reverse the process just to make sure. Tonight, I'm going to put the same fleece out there on the ground. Let the ground be all wet with dew. Let the fleece be dry. So in the morning, he came out again, and so the ground was all wet with dew. The fleece was dry, and so he, he figured that it was the Lord. Now, because of this, there are many people who seek to discern the voice of God by offering some kind of a fleece before the Lord. And so you've heard of a, peop of a person offering a fleece before God. Lord, if they call by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, then I'll know, you know. And, and you set up some kind of a fleece before God, some kind of a condition for God to meet so that you'll know that it's really God speaking to your heart. 
I really don't know about fleeces today. I don't know how valid they are for us as, as the children of the Lord to seek to ascertain the will of God by a fleece. In the period of the Old Testament, there were many methods by which they sought to ascertain the will of God. One of them was by casting of lots. And even carried over into the New Testament, when Judas Iscariot died, Peter said to the disciples, we've got to get someone else to take his place. And so let's cast lots to see which one God has chosen, whether it be Barsabbas or, Messiah, or Matthias. And so the, the disciples cast lots to ascertain the will of God. But all of this was prior to the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the church. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Judges on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Judges 6 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. May the blessings of the Lord surround your life. May you begin to experience greater victory in your walk with Jesus Christ as you yield yourself to that touch of God and as he molds and shapes you into that person he wants you to be as he conforms you into the image of Jesus Christ. And so may God bless you and may God work in your life in a very special way. And may faith be in as you study his word. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. God is looking for someone that he can use to accomplish his purposes on this earth. The apostles were more than willing to be used by the Lord. So what was it that gave them the certain spiritual characteristics necessary to be used by God? and to be a powerful, godly influence to change the world. Well, in a book entitled The Man God Uses, Pastor Chuck Smith brings the scriptures to life as he examines the book of Acts. 
He reveals the secret to the apostles' boldness, the five essential components of prayer, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. So if you've ever wanted to accomplish more for the kingdom of God and to be an instrument that he can use, then I encourage you to pick up a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, The Man God Uses. To order a copy of this book in print or download a digital copy, please visit thewordfortoday.org or call the word for today at 800-272-9673.